0: Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe and Overwatch League podcast on the Bleeve Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe and OWL and Believe.com.
1: This week, we discussed some new league announcements, a change to the McCree spray, and a start of the final regular season tournament.
0: Hello hello everybody. Welcome to the gameplay section for week 24 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Hope you've all been doing well. Um how have you been Kevin in in gaming?
1: I am doing okay. I've been playing a lot of games and I'm starting to get into a groove of streaming, which is also really fun. Um Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays are my stream days. So, um been playing a lot of a lot of interesting games. It's been a a mix of Tsushima, valorant and pokemon. um those three would never work in the same world uh but you know it it works here for some reason. um so yeah, uh, that's what i've been up to. Uh, how about you?
0: sushima. it's it's pretty much been sushima.
1: yeah, I, I honestly there there was a lot of like talk on twitter. Uh, i was going into it but like a lot of people from like the west are all mad about you know, they're like, oh, Tsushima is so inaccurate, like Japanese culture and stuff like that. And everybody was like, they were getting mad about it. Like, yeah, this is, this is inaccurate in a way. And like, you're doing it incorrectly. And then like, everybody in Japan loves it. Like, there's no problem in Japan. We're like, it's super funny because like people are saying like, no, you're ruining you're ruining the Japanese culture and stuff like that. And then Japan is like, hey, they made a game about us. That's sick. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, we were looking at some of the things. I believe it's one of the very few games that like got like a perfect score on one of the bigger like Japanese like video game reviews like newspapers. Um like they said that there was only three of them from the West that has done it before them, and those or there's only been two others that have gotten a perfect score that are from the West, and those were Skyrim and GTA V. So those are the only two games that have gotten a perfect score that have come from the West, and now Tsushima is added to that list. Wow. Um, so they're they're in good company, and honestly, like I, I love what Sucker Punch has done with it. It's a very pretty game, um, I would say like, the only thing about it that I have issues with sometimes is that it's too pretty. Oh, um, yeah, it's very it's so pretty. Yeah, you can get lost in the sauce quite easily. Like the the best way to describe it is like let's say like you're in a patch, you see like you're in the tall grass, and there's like you know, enemies across the way, across the lake. Uh you go into the standoff, you take the fight, right? And then the next thing you know, you're in a fight with like eight people. The sun is going down. You got lens flare in your eyes. You're just swinging away. You just start seeing X marks all over the place, and you got to dodge with a circle button. You don't like. You don't know whether to to hit left one to block or like dodge. It's just like it gets to a point where like you don't know who you're hitting in the fight <laughs> because it's like. There's so much pretty stuff happening at the same time, and there's, like, no lock-on system. So you're just kind of, like, swinging away at people. But, honestly, it's it's a good, like, it's a really, really nice-looking game. Uh You just sometimes get lost in the sauce. Uh, and it'd it be like that, especially for, like, really pretty games like this.
0: Like this is the second samurai game I own, and I'm enjoying this far more than Sekiro, just because I suck so hard at Sekiro. But like, I I love how, how just the look is just so nice, and you you've got so many options too with how you want to experience it. Like you've got Kurosawa mode. You can put the English or the Japanese uh audio, and I think it's I just think it's funny how when you put the Japanese audio, the mouth doesn't line up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That that's one thing that irked me a little bit, and I was like, "Wait, is this just like a parody? Is this like a parody of like you know, the fact that the Mav- the mouths don't match when like it originally came over from Japan to the West is like, is this like us returning the favor in a way? <laughs> um, is this this is revenge know, so- for the-
0: Speed Racer? Yeah,
1: exactly. Like this, uh, what are we doing here, right? Um, but honestly, I I hope that it looks. It looks good, honestly. I I like the way how it looks. Um, one of the best parts, honestly, is the photo mode. Um, just because like as a streamer, I have to take breaks on occasion, you know, for either bio or to get water, or to stretch, or to let the dog outside for a second. Um, in the game, you can like stop what it looks like, right? Yeah. And then you just put on the prettiest image you can find. Like, you could be on top of a cliff looking for, like a like a foggy bay and then you turn up to clear day put the camera right where the sun is and then you just leave it and you're just like okay i'm going afk for a bit and you just leave it with that pretty image and everybody's like whoa that's nice and then you come back and they're like
0: i didn't even realize you were gone that was just pretty
1: just taking it all in for a second
0: Um, i think for me that my biggest complaints are the camera just gets really wonky sometimes and it's like you can't lock on to anything and you just have to always be watching the camera which is hard if the fights get like really, really intense. And then yeah. how kind of the enemies are kinda of dumb. Like you yeah. can so easily. Like you walk in, they're chasing you, you walk into a tent and they don't follow you. Yeah. Or or
1: you you run around, you duck in like a you duck in some tall grass and they're like, oh, where to go? <laughs> like it's like run around slip through a fence like lay down on the ground and they're just like okay well we just saw this dude like kill like eight of our dudes but you know all i see here is grass so i guess i guess he's gone now where'd he go yeah it's a big uh big solid snake cardboard box kind of you know um
0: but it it's solid tall grass is just the enemy of pretty much every npc yeah Also, so one last thing of on Tsushima before we move on, but I saw a thing today. Um Sucker Punch released some test footage of a game that they were planning on doing if they weren't doing Tsushima. It was a cyberpunk game called the Prodigy, and it's like you're playing as a thief, you can use like chems and sword and stuff to to do your thing, but as a um it was another steampunk themed game. So like what do you what do you think would have been better if you had the ability to choose another steampunk game or the japanese samurai game that we have now i think they Uh, made the right decision uh, with japanese samurai because like we already have a ton of steampunk stuff we've got the dishonored trilogy um cyberpunk is kind of close to it i guess and that's coming out already with cyberpunk so i I like the japanese samurai gameplay
1: yeah i'm a big fan of tsushima and and that's that's not just because I'm Japanese, man. I just love the way how it looks, okay? Um, but honestly, like, I feel like if there was another cyberpunk, you know, kind of thing, it would have fallen into the same grasp as, like, competing one-on-one against, uh, you know, cyberpunk. And that's just a really difficult thing uh, to do. So I'm really glad that they went with Tsushima. Um, it, it looks pretty. And honestly, like, if the prophecy comes out later, like if if it were like, let's just say if they they showed this, everybody likes it and then they're like, "You know what? Maybe we'll re-upgrade it for PS5 and then release it then." Like I'd yeah, be down for that. Later. Um, but yeah, Tsushima was just the right pick. It's like a good way to like end I think that's just the best way to end the PS4 era if you're going to do it, just mm-hmm. to have like a aesthetically pleasing like visually pleasing game like that.
0: Yeah, so much fun. I really like it. I think like I didn't appreciate haiku as an art form until this game. Like I used to think haiku was so weird, and then now it's like I'm looking for all the haiku shrines so I can just go make haikus.
1: Yeah, I I love that concept of it. You're just like it worked for the longest time. Honestly, I didn't know how to like what what the little like bracket things were, and you had to like realize that you had to line it up and then you hit X right. Uh huh. <laughs> So like the first time I'm like I see what you're trying to do here. Am I supposed to line these up or like what? <laughs> like it took me a little bit of time and I was like,
0: oh, there we go. Okay, but I don't understand what to do in the hot springs. So like, yeah, <laughs> you're not you're not alone. Like I thought you just jump in the hot spring and it'll heal you. I didn't know you had to like actually like go in and press the R two and then reflect on the topic to get the health. I thought it's like they it said it'll it'll help you feel better. I'm like, oh, so you jump in and it'll heal your health? Cool. Um. No, so I need to go find all the hot springs that I've done that on and get my health upgrade. All right, cool. So getting into the final tournament of the regular season of the Overwatch League, which they have dubbed the Countdown Cup. Um, Again, I think we have to shout out Monty again because he had the right idea for how to make the League work. Overwatch didn't believe him, and now they just kind of took his concept without giving him any credit. So. Shout out to Monty for giving them the idea to save the league. Um, so this cup is just going to go the same as the other three. That, no, the other two that we've had: um, two weeks of qualifiers and then one week of no, no, three weeks of qualifiers and then one week of actual playoff. This week's, um, this week and next week have the ban of Arisa, Anna, May, and Widow. And so day one. Um, we started on Friday this week, which is unusual, I guess, for the league, but good for them for spreading it out. I think um, we had the Titans versus the Eternal, which was an O and three for the Eternal, and the Outlaws v Fuel, which was a two and three, which I did watch, and it was a, uh, it was weird. It was really weird. Did you see any highlights or anything of this one, Kevin? No, I did not. Okay, so this was the. What, the seventh battle for Texas that we've had, it was previously tied three to three. All three of Houston's wins were from 2018. The squads have changed since then, so I'm not really even sure if we can count that as a, an accurate stat or anything. Um, so this was, I guess, for them, the proving of seeing who really is the better Texas team in 2020. Um, it started out that Houston won the first two maps. Uh, they took Oasis pretty handily. Both sides were looking relatively strong, but just Dante and Blase together are a monster combination. Um, Gomsu did put in some good work. Doha did some good work with the Fuel, but I mean, in the end, the Outlaws won just because I think they came out of the gate a lot more aggressive, a lot better. They were chasing the um, the Fuel back to their spawn without really suffering any damage or losses. So the fuel, I don't think really had much of an answer there. They were probably expecting the outlaws to be a little bit more passive. Um, but the outlaws have been steadily becoming a more aggressive team, uh, which has been working out for them in the past. Um, on Sky, it was, this is where things really started to get messy for the rest of the entirety of this series. So um, both teams had some really weak points. Like, On their first attack, uh, the outlaws were really weak. They only capped it in overtime. But as soon as they moved to second point, they just dumped their ults and win it in a single fight. Um, The opposite was true for the fuel. Uh, They won that first fight very easily. Didn't really even have to, I don't think, use any ults. And then they moved to second point, but even when it looks like they're going to take it fairly easily, the outlaws do have that spawn advantage. So they're coming in and they're holding until overtime. The outlaws finished with time. The fuel did not. So they had their second attack and they were able to take it there with using their alts. And then just for the rest of this, I don't know. It's like both teams are, are making huge mistakes. The fuel are able to, to cap this with a uh, reverse sweep. Like I think if this is their first successful reverse sweep in team history. So um good for them. But like it's so weird because in a lot of these fights in the rest of these three matches, the teams that have the alt advantage are the teams that end up losing. I don't know how this happened. And this is not just like a one-two thing like once or twice. This is routinely throughout all these maps. Like the Houston Outlaws will dump something. They'll, They'll they'll dump like EMP flux and blade and the fuel will still take it. And then the fuel will come in, they'll do like shatter, coalescence, or whatever, and then the outlaws will manage to hold them off. I, I don't understand what's going on in this game. And then to, to cap it all off, on the very last map, Nepal, it looked like the Houston outlaws were going to end up flipping it and taking it. Um, they opened their last fight with coalescence, and so um, I think it's note that falls. And right when they're about to, to go win it all, they see nine. And lose it to the Dallas Fuel, so it's a heartbreaking loss. Um, in the end, what's weird is that like Dante is not—he was playing on Sombra for most of this entire matchup, but on Nepal, the last map where everything is coming down to the wire, he's not really playing his Sombra, which would have been, I think, a huge benefit to them considering how much utility he has with that just the singular hack plus the EMP, and then like the Fuel are using it, and Dante's not. Dante did get some good play on, like, Genji and Doomfist, and, not Doomfist, Genji and Reaper, but I still think he should have stayed on that Sombra.
1: Yeah, when it comes down to these matches, sometimes, like, you know, it it's all left in the air, and this is why, you know, esports is still one of the only few competitive sports that we still have uh, during the Rona, and this is exactly, this is a case right here. It's like, yeah, one team may look like they're pulling out ahead, but then just all of a sudden,
0: you know, stupid decisions. Charlie Niners happen. Also to note here, like, they were playing dive relatively often, but Mooma's still not playing Winston, which is I think is the only hero he can actually play reliably. They're still going with putting hydration on. And even though hydration is still a much better tank, miles away above Mooma right now, Um, You can tell he's not as practiced as uh, someone like Gamsu is because, like, I think Winston's still a relatively weak tank, but he was still able to body hydration pretty hard. So um, still liking the hydration look. They do need, I think, a little bit more um, work before he's super solid.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of, like, moments where you think, yeah, this this team is, like, ready to go, ready to roll, but there's some moments where they have weaknesses. Like, everybody on this team made it here for a reason. It's just a matter of getting the team chemistry together and making sure that everybody can, like, you know, put up what they need to.
0: Yeah. Okay, so day two, we had the Spark versus the Dynasty. The Spark took this one 3-0. and Charge versus Spitfire was a three-one in favor of the Charge. Hunters versus NYXL was a three-two for the Hunters. The Titans versus the Glads was zero and three for the Gladiators. Justice versus Defiant was zero and three for the Defiant. Shock versus Uprising was a 3-0 for the Shock, and the Valiant versus the Rain was zero and three. I didn't watch the NYXL game, but I don't know if you've seen the photos, but I think be lost a tooth while bowling.
1: Uh I don't. I don't know. Uh, I've seen because I saw
0: a photo of him. Like I think recently, like he's missing a tooth or something. And then the comment said he went bowling and lost the tooth. So, I I I didn't watch their match to know if they talked about it at all. But if so, like yikes! All right, so Titans versus the Gladiators. Um, I forget why I chose to watch this one. Maybe just because it was short and I haven't seen the Gladiators play in a while and I wanted to check up on the Titans, but honestly, oh God, what? every single time I see the Photoshop of the Titans roster portraits, it just gets uglier every time. Like, I understand you can't like really get good professional photos of them right now, but honestly, just like nothing would be better than that atrocious Photoshop job you've done. It's, it's very clearly Photoshopped and makes them look like, kind of like you just CGI'd the, the team. They're not really human people but it's just every single time they add a new photo it gets uglier and uglier um so uh, another thing to start this one like space has been pretty much one of the the stand the starting people the standbys for the gladiators but he was benched for the starting roster for bishu um casters weren't really sure why they're maybe speculating it's because bishu can speak both english and korean um, but space did come in later on, so it wasn't like a permanent thing. I think they confirmed later on that it was just because it was a, it was predetermined by the map they were playing. But all, the the idea that Bishu could speak English and Korean as being the reason to start is an interesting concept. Like, to to sidetrack a little bit, why do you think that there's more of a focus on the Korean players learning English than the English players learning Korean?
1: Mm. i think it's just it might be an easier transition for for them in a way because like most of the overwatch league is like an english-speaking thing um in terms of like locations of like where the teams are uh it's kind of it's kind of weird literally why seoul is the only one that has a team in korea um in my opinion but honestly when it comes to this like I feel like it's just easier to bring a team together if they all know English, um, just because it's like a language that they teach in. Like, they teach it in Asian schools too. Like, I know in Japan, you also have to learn English. Um, in Korea, uh, in Korea, I don't know if there's that language thing. If that's like a necessary thing, but like, I know that a lot of Asian countries also teach English. So I feel like that's just like the easier gap rather than having it go the other way. But I feel like it would be cool if it went the other way too, because that means like everybody else, if they wanted a boot camp in Korea, they'd be like 100% ready.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, another interesting thing about this is that the teams with the top five win rates are the Fusion with 55.1, the Dragons with 53.8, Shock with fifty-two point nine, the mayhem with fifty-one point two, and the gladiators with fifty point one percent. Like I would not have expected the gladiators to be in this top five list of, of top team fight winning teams. Like it just doesn't seem right to me. They're hanging in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's nothing like, if anything, the titans just really need to solidify beyond. Dalton and and shockwave right now Um, the Titans are are, I think they did better on dive and double shield so even though they're running both I think they should focus on being a stronger dive team Um, what else this is aside from that like the gladiators like still fairly strongly bodied the Titans which I I guess was kind of an upset considering how well the Titans have been growing and that they did fairly well in the uh the summer showdown. I think if anything like a problem that the gladiators do have, like if you watched Gibraltar, um this was when the Titans looked like they had a chance. I think it's just because that the gladiators got really really complacent. Um they felt like they were like they were bodying the Titans for the most of this matchup. So I think they let their foot off the gas a little bit. I think if they were facing a team that was a little bit better than the um, the the Titans, then they would have definitely lost this match, and then maybe the uh, the momentum would have gone against them. So, if anything, if there's a reason why the Gladiators, I think right now, aren't a higher tier team, I think it's because they they're lacking that focus and that drive.
1: Yeah, there's moments where if a team lays back too quickly, they are going to lose it. So I'm glad that the gladiators were just able to focus up and uh, clean up the game. But you know, moments like that could lead you to lose. We, we saw, we saw that happen. Exactly. When the Atlanta rain won against the, uh, the shock, like you, you lose focus for a little bit and then uh, you could lose the game completely. So honestly, uh, just, Keep your eye on the prize. Make sure that you don't uh, mm-hmm. lose out on what you're what you're out to aim for.
0: Okay, so Shock v. Uprising. Tell me about that one, Kevin.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, this was this was a super interesting match because, as I was mentioning earlier, um, or in our news segment, uh, the San Francisco Shock recently signed Tayo. Um, Tayo is a Japanese player um, who's made his name playing essentially Tracer and Genji for the most part um at the moment for dps line uh we, we we see who we have on the shock roster um we have we have a lot of options here right like we have we have striker we have we have ons we have rascal um we have we have quite a quite a few players that we could uh really really pick from um but out of, of all the potential players who can play Genji on the squad, right? Like y- you think, oh yeah, we could put Striker on there, maybe put uh we put uh put Rascal on like a DPS that could get into the back line. No. They're like, you know, you know who hasn't gotten a lot of playtime? Super. Uh <laughs> so super, believe it or not, other than playing Reinhardt like a madman, uh, he plays Genji really Super well. Genji. He is like, it's a sleeper pick of his, but like, I know that he can do it. Like, but I didn't think that we would ever see the day where we would see Super on the DPS line in a match. Um, but they so they essentially teamed him up with Striker in this entire matchup. And if you see the lineup, you're like, wait, wh- hold on, wait, Striker, Super, Choice, Surf, uh, Moth twilight uh what what are we doing here like what is what is this lineup and then you realize like oh wait hold on we're not on a like you know this is still roll lock The, the players are still playing the same things that they usually play um how do how do we change this up right they put super on the genji and he just like he goes off this game i i mean when when you see the first map it's it's oasis right um for the most part you think okay well in this in this instance you play you play very standard um i remember the the end of the uh the match stats when they see super versus color hats on the on the genji and super outclassed him in every single role um You know, like deaths per deaths per ten kills per blade, like it was, it was insane to just see this kind of level of play come out from, uh, from Super at this point. Um, I would say the reverse hydration then. Yeah, Um, but it's one of those things where you realize like this isn't what he's built for. You know, in a way, like. Super is not supposed to be able to play Genji this well. But he happens to have this in his back pocket. And that's the flexibility of the Shock um, at the moment. And I really do like what they did here. Um, they played Violet and Twilight really well. Um, Twilight getting a couple touches in, you know. Um, and in this team, honestly, like, the way how they played this was, like, just 100% coordinated. Just Super just knew what he had to do in order to play against this team. and he, And he did it the way how, you know, you're supposed to play this. Um, the most impressive, honestly, was Route 66. Um, the Shock was able to push it all the way to the end, and then they didn't even let them cap the first. Um, just honestly, really solid gameplay coming out from the team. You know that they're all coordinated in a way and just able to capitalize on that. And I feel like with Tayo in this group now, um, if you want to give Striker a break on the Tracer, you can do that, but you could also relieve super of his uh, genji blades which i mean it's the more likely choice is that they let super no longer play you know genji and like let tayo do it but at the same time like i can see like you know if they want to do it again they could be like okay yeah striker could take a break let's put in let's put in someone else uh let, let's do this and it's going to be really interesting to see how how the rest of the teams kind of adjust to this
0: I'm still shook that they put Super on Genji.
1: Yeah, you would think with all the players on their roster, they you would be like, "Oh well, no, you have the option to go into a Rascal or, you know, Ons or something." But like, no, they're just, uh, they're like, you know what, Super hasn't gotten playtime. Let's let's let him play Genji once. It was really funny. Um, I remember looking at the Twitter, um, at the Twitter messages back and forth in Krusty posted something where he's like dude i swear to god like if if this boy asked me to play genji one more time i swear and it's just a picture of um like <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to find it um but it's like literally him and his like dms in a yeah with uh with super and he's like hey can i play genji in scrims tomorrow my genji is very good and Krusty's like lol yeah sure he's like Super's like no 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 it's actually good like really good and he has he has like like a highlight reel of just as Genji, um, and he's just like begging him, uh, to let him in, and they're like let him let him play, and then uh, yeah it it just uh, it was a hilarious thread like just to see, just to see this go out. And he just I mean he
0: got his wish. He's playing he, game. He, he, he got it
1: game. and he got player of the game. Um <laughs> so I mean that leads one thing leads to another, maybe. Um, but I think the funniest thing is like um immediately after like he he takes the player of the game and he's like, Wow, yeah, thanks everybody. I knew I had faith in myself uh in order to do this. And then uh immediately after they're like, Okay, okay, we, we, we have to put this man down to like a we have to kick down his ego a little bit and so uh the san francisco shock put out a post later that said like posting this because yesterday super's ego got out of hand and it's just like 20 seconds (laughs) like it's a 20 second clip of him like yo i'm not bad at dps yo i need a dragon blade i'm gonna dash up and then the second that he dashes up he just gets headshot by a widow and it's just like he's like there's just moments like this that uh you know, it has to humanize a man in a way. So it, it's pretty funny.
0: Oh my, I'm looking at the thread. <laughs> He's very insistent that he, he can play Genji. Oh, well, he can. He can play Genji. It's just
1: a matter of uh, could he do it, you know? And uh, he proved that he could.
0: <laughs> I like the screenshot of the live chat. <laughs> where super is like what do you think and it's just like everyone's like wow dude super on on dps yeah dreams can come true oh and i was
1: also doing research on uh sabio teeth uh he had a bullying injury a while ago okay um, and that's why his two front teeth were like kind of chipped they were chipped down okay um, so he's going into oral surgery like after that game but he got the teeth removed early so that's the reason why he's like he's a little self-conscious about it but he is going through oral surgery pretty soon
0: got it okay well best of luck to sbb the married man yeah he's gonna have a fresh
1: set of teeth and it's gonna look sick
0: okay so moving to day three Eternal v Defiant was a 3-0. The Rain versus the Mayhem was a 1-3. And the uprising with the Valiant was a 3-0 in favor of the Valiant. I watched a little bit of the Rain v Mayhem just because I wanted to see how
1: they adjusted after Baby Bay. Yeah, same, um, same here.
0: I wanted to see what this squad looked like without Baby Bay, which I I think he's yeah. definitely the most recognizable face of the May of the Rain.
1: Yeah, it, besides you know the McDonald's clown that was uh the friend, um, he did a really good job of like filling in his shoes for like an actual, like, legit player. Like it's it was really relieving to see Baby Bay actually like take that take that spot.
0: Yeah. So the Rain had just lost Baby Bay. The Mayhem lost to the Outlaws in the Summer Showdown, which was a huge upset. Like considering that the uh, the Florida Mayhem were the ones who won the May Melee. Um. So. Just looking at this, uh, the the mayhem did win this, and it was a, uh, it it was I think a solid, I think it was a solid win. Um, the mayhem were just significantly stronger. I think a part of it was just the the Erster versus Yaki Genji battles. I think just you're going up against Yaki, who is probably he's definitely top three of the Genjis that we're seeing right now in the league. Um. I don't know. I think without Baby Bay, I think it's just, it's a weird time for the, for the rain. Um, the, and also, like, Gator was getting focused very, very hard because Gator was playing their main tank on the Winston, and so I think what the the Florida Mayhem realized is that Gator's fairly easy to focus down, um, especially because I think Winston, his health pool's like relatively easy to deplete for a tank anyway, so when the the rain were playing dive, which they did a lot throughout these matches, as soon as you take out Gator, the entire attack or defense collapses. So, I think that that strategy is what definitely won the uh, the matches for uh, Florida. I was really surprised to see Gator on the uh, the main tank instead of the Sigma, just because I I got to know him for his Sigma play. I haven't watched the rain in a while, so that may this might actually be a an old change for him to play the main tank, but I mean, Florida still has it. They might not be at the top anymore, but I think they still, if they can continue playing like this, I think they do have potential. What did you see out of this, this match? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Like the the Mayhem have a good way of like rolling with momentum in a way, um, and they definitely showed it off in this match. Um, I feel like the rain are going to be, are going to have to make the adjustment afterwards, but I think that it's like minus baby Bay. I feel like they have still a really solid group. Um, They just have to figure out how to recover after Gator drops. That's just something that they, they have to have the mentality of like, you know, we may lose one, but like if we, if we still continue the fight, we can potentially win it. Um, I know a lot of teams are, like, uncomfortable. Like, they they lose one, and they're like, okay, yeah, we have to back up, play on even ground. But sometimes, like, if you all die at the same time, you all are going to respawn relatively at the same time. So I'd rather take the fight um, and realize, you know what, oh, wait, we lost this, but, like, we did kill off a couple people. We got our ult charge rather than, like, you know, having to wait it out and then, being like okay well we lost gator we have to we have to wait back and uh you know burn some more time
0: off our own clock so speaking meta wise like what do you feel like the meta is becoming right now because um for the longest time it was a uh it was on a genji and then an orisa with another tank and now that that's gone um what what do you what are you recognizing and seeing it what do you think it's is it going to change is it going to kind of stabilized because we're seeing a relatively good variety right now. There's a couple of, there's a couple of, of matchups and team ups that I think are, are starting to show favor, but I mean, there's at least a little bit of of wiggle room with what people can play.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like it's really interesting to see what the meta shapes up to be. I do like, I love how what we have right now is very dive favored. Uh, in a way, um, I I like that. Um, but we do see the reliability of like, you know, the need for shields still. So I still see a lot of the Ryan Sigma kind of deal. Um Ryan Diva is still really strong as well. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like the second that like these teams realize Gen- Genji is really strong and it is a problem. Um but like the brig is the is the obvious out to it, but then you lose that ability to like add extra shield and uh you do have like AoE healing. There's just a whole bunch of just things that are happening uh all at the same time. So it is honestly like at this point a very good rock, paper, scissors match of like what works and what doesn't. Um once again with Rissa out that means no halt. So there's a lot of teams that still rely on like that have to rely more on like shatter um if you are going to be running a uh, a sigma you have to get lucky on something else that's going to keep them all in one spot um it, it's just interesting to see how teams are playing around this now
0: i've been noticing like there's an interesting thing with dive like i'd expect more of a uh, of a lucio pick when they're going dive but it's it's really not there's there's a lot more of a zen when you're going with dive mm-hmm. which like, yeah, it's good if you want to get the um the trance up or if you want to use the uh uh the discord orb, but I mean a lot of the players are I think could get more utility with the speed and like the the overall healing that comes out with uh with a Lucio than other than like with a Zen too. Um What do you think is like the best pair right now with the Genji? Because we've seen there's a lot of Tracer, there's a lot of Ash, and there's a lot of Sombra, I think are the main three that we're seeing. There's a little bit of variation there with like a Doomfist or a Reaper. There's a Mm -hmm. lot more Sombra play than we're used to seeing too. Um, Mm -hmm. So, what do you think is like the best right now, the best DPS and the best um, support combo? Even with Brig being nerfed, like she's still fairly dominant. So
1: the reason why the break stays is to counter the Genji because she has one of the most reliable stuns um, that can stop the Genji like mid blade. So like if you happen to get the you happen to get the shield bash a uh, couple like one smack and have a teammate like assist on killing them, you can shut down the Genji blade quickly if it gets within a certain range. Right? Um, the reason why. Um, I would say, okay, let's start with DPS, though. Genji plus Tracer is what Classic Dive was. That's what... That was the bread and butter Season 2 during the Dive era. It was Genji-Tracer. You would get in their backline, and they have to pick between you know the crazy ninja who's on the wall or the Tracer who's behind you right now. Um, You have to pick between one or the other. Um, It's kind of a more overwhelming strategy, and it leaves your backline completely open, which... Um, which is why like we see a lot of Baptiste now, uh, is because you can protect your Zen or your more fragile ski hero uh, because of that. Um, but at the same time, it does lend itself out to more aggression. You could take out their backline before they could take out yours. Um, it pretty much becomes a game of speed um, at that point. I like personally, I do like the uh, the ash Genji just because, you're allowed to play Ash a little bit further back to protect your backline. Um, Genji's allowed to get into your get into their backline, and you have a lot of you have a lot more control about damage and line of sight that way. Um, with Ash plus you know seventh man Bob is always good. Um, so yeah, it's it really depends on the play style. Um, I love the somber play as well because mm-hmm. you know EMP plus blade equals they can't do anything. Um, and especially if a Zen has been sitting on like transcendence the whole time and you see him, you just see the EMP come out. Like right. you're just like, well, all right, what am I supposed to? Do I just blow it on the next fight
0: so I can get it again? Or what what's the deal here? Dante's number one in the time played on Sombra right now. So I definitely think he's the person to watch if you want to watch how to play a good Sombra. A lot of the time he's not really he's saving his EMP for when he really needs it. He's doing a lot of work and a lot of damage just with the single manual hack, which um it was just really huge in a lot of these fights, but I think the problem with Dante is that he's a little bit too hesitant to use the eMP when he needs to so mm-hmm. i mean that's that's something that um I guess you could use against Dante if you're going against him with the e m p is to eMP him first because he's he's more inclined to hold it but I mean like, I'm appreciating how patient like you have to be with the sombra too like you can't you you can you can do a lot of damage. If you know how to uh, how to pace yourself and how to how to wait for that good hack. Exactly. Like just being able to find the right
1: hack at the right time is something that Dante is very good at. Um and probably one of the best in the leagues of doing. Um I, I really do appreciate his play on that. Um and yeah, it really does depend on the the play style of the team. If you like hyper aggression um i do like you know the the genji chaser just to get into the back line if you want to play it nice and slow i could see genji with the ash and then last of you just kind of want to find certain picks here and there the sombra the sombra genji is just really solid um when it comes to support line now this is interesting right now we have you know on the band so we on off the table um it pretty much just comes down to right now it's like brig uh brig baptiste zenyatta um just because like the speed of the team already is like so fast that i don't think the lucio is necessary um the team is already in your back line before lucio even needs to be there uh so that's the reason why like lucio is kind of not seeing a lot of play um I, I understand. It's also because, like, grav is not an issue. Um, and also, uh, Gravitic Flux is not as prominent and it's mm-hmm. not as good. Uh, because without Halt, there's no reason to, like, worry about saving it that way. Um, and Zen's ult is only as good as, like, um, how early or how late you pop it during... Also,
0: if you get taken Zen out by ult. Zen, as the Zen, like, you can't even use it. Yeah,
1: because exactly. It's really easy to hack, too. yeah um which is why it's kind of a tough call um i like the brig just because it gives you that option to stun um it, it gives you that option like if you happen to see like you know the the somber like rush shoulders you can shield bash in the general direction and catch him out um you have that option um when it comes to zen I like Zen if you're going full dive, but you kind of need somebody to protect him, which could be the Brig, or a Diva in that case, um, to come back and swing around and protect your Zen. But yeah, right now when it comes to Blade, having Transcendence and or uh, Immortality Field is really solid. Um, immortality Field gets taken out with like two swings or something like that, or like one on one swing and a dash. So it's it's effective in a way, but like it can easily get countered um meanwhile transcendence is like a guarantee save because Ana is not in the game so no anti heal is available um it's a big gamble that a lot of teams have to take but if you want the damage i say if you're running like you know genji tracer zen is the pick because you want to get the picks quick and clean them up as quickly as you can and zen gives you that out to the genji blade um, because there's no way of them dealing more damage than the amount that you could heal during Transcendence. Mm-hmm. So, it depends, honestly, on the team and how they want to play it. Um, I've seen, you know, the Moira is still an option. There's a lot of healing that goes around with it, but I feel like you have to play it with a with a team that's going to play close to you. Like, Moira's not good with Dive. Um, she's good at, like, if you're running, like, a Death Ball-ish kind of style with, like, Ryan Diva, I could see that if you're going with like a Moira cuz you could spot heal them pretty quickly. Um and in that case you use Cole as a semi aggressive uh healing spot healing kind of deal so like you just keep it on the Genji wherever he goes. Um so you either clean up the kills that he's slashing through or you're healing him through the entire fight. So once again, it does come down to the way how the team wants to play, but I I'm a big proponent of seeing Zen. Um, it's just a matter of how you want to pick them. I could see Zen with Baptiste um, to, you know, keep additional damage going, plus having immortality and kind of like a more AOE kind of heal, or with a Brig, just in case if they get dived, you have the ability to shut down and deal the damage. Um, so yeah, I, I I like Zen honestly, but it depends on you know how quickly teams are focusing him down. He is a he is a very squishy hero. There's no answers. Like if you get dove on a Zen, you have to Discord and kill them immediately. There's no other yeah. options. Um, if you get hacked, you're kind of dead. You're just a you're just a Zen at that point.
0: Um, so it's just tough calls, honestly. Well, we'll see next week if the uh, the meta changes significantly, or if at all. Um, any last thoughts on the uh, the first week of the last tournament? uh honestly like i'm i'm
1: excited to see these teams um i i like what we're seeing so far a lot of relatively close matches are proving that you know they're still hungry for that um i still feel the Arissa on a may widow is the the bands that are out at the moment um is going to keep the meta open there's going to be a lot of dive and a lot of like pseudo death ball with with diva um but I feel like just because Halt is gone, there's a lot of teams that are really hesitant to run certain things. Uh-huh. Um, and without anti-heal on Ana, it means that Zen is going to be showing up a lot more, and I'm I'm really excited to see that.
0: Well, guys, thanks for tuning into this week's gameplay section. We will be back at you next week with the second and final week of the meta. So we'll see if any of what happens with that next week. Um, and yeah, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.
1: Next week, we cover more league matches as well as any news that comes our way.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show please contact our network at believe.com thanks for listening and we'll see you next week